I don't watch any new horror movies. I only watch the old horror movies. I, if you listen to that episode, then you kind of understood that, like, I understand, like, the complexities of what went into making those movies. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to make this fucking fucked up horror movie. There, there's a thought process. There's, like, a, the, the, the scores to these movies complement what you see on the screen the music to me if a music if a movie doesn't have a good musical score to complement what's happening on the screen then i won't kind of be drawn into it like that's why the exorcist is so much of an iconic movie that's why to me the Candyman, or like a lot of uh lucille fulci movie and even dario argento movies the scores yeah argento movies they're just like they draw you in due to the score because they knew that music is so much a part of the art of the filmmaking process that they're going for. It's, it's for... Even Romero, like with Dawn of the touch, Dead. I get it. I, understand, I, get it. I understand where you're coming from because I always saw those movies. I always saw like Argento had fucking you know, light good like lights in every corner of every fucking scene. And like Fulci did the same thing, like like Fulci's like fucking lighting it's so crazy and the music is fucking intense but you know like argento had like like ever since they could palmer dudes and goblin and shit like that like yeah like rock bands fucking you know like and but that's like heavily influenced because john carpenter fucking his fucking sound his soundtracks are great man and he makes you know? most of that music himself So the John Carpenter stuff, like he did the thing. Um, I I love his Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> Big Trouble. In Little China. <laughs> but uh, Halloween, um, the scores, the horror movies to me, like if the horror movie doesn't have a great score, it kind of just kind of makes me feel a little bit underwhelmed. Even like the Dracula, like the original Dracula with Bella Lugosi comes out with to like Swan Lake. Yeah. And it's just so iconic that that every time I hear it, it reminds me of Bella Lugosi and like Dracula coming down the castle, the whole scene. And like even even in Young Frankenstein, there's the theme. You know, it goes to the whole thing, and I think and Mel Brooks wrote that for that. Like, there's this theme that goes through there, and then in the film, Marty Feldman's playing it on a, over, over a PA to try and we, we get the fucking monster pack. 
So and it's just it's just uh, it's not even like just action movie. It has to be like the horror movie, like at the Exorcist, tubular bells, right? It's like. Dun, 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 thing. I can't do it justice, but whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was trying to think of a. Oh, um, okay, so that's why, why I was asking. And this, this too has fantastic music. It follows. Have you seen that? I'm not a fan of that show, that movie. Yeah, I, I think that movie is fucking amazing and the music is fucking great i love the music it's i i love that fucking movie i'm so glad they didn't do any sequels <laughs> uh, i'm not into like any like i take any modern horror movie with a grain of salt so i don't really watch them i like the, the premise is just you know it's just the thing it's gonna get you that's the that's a simple it's as simple as you can get with horror, you know. And like, this thing's gonna get you. It's gonna come after you. You may be able to get away from it, but it's still gonna come after you. What a great premise! That's such a rad monster. <laughs> like, you can't stop it. It's you know, you can get in a car and drive a million miles fucking east, and then go get a hotel room, and in two days that thing's gonna be banging out of the fucking room. <laughs> such a fucking scary fucking I love shit like that so what you know my favorite type of horror is is the Romero uh, in the Night of the Living Dead where you think you're safe and something's coming after you something's getting in you know so that could be that, that ties into the beyond because it's like they're trying to get away but they're just like at the end they're just stuck they, right. they turn around. They have those dead white eyes, and they're just kind of stuck. And that that um, <laughs> that music plays. It's like it's like hopelessness. It almost draws you in. It's like what? Like this is how it ends. Like you're just stuck in like this purgatory. You have no idea what's coming next. Is you're just like that's they don't. They're not dead. They didn't die in the movie. They they're just stuck. Just like in an endless loop, an endless loop of hopelessness, which is a very Fulci thing to do. If you watch a lot of Fulci movies, fucking amazing. Uh, so, what do you think about the difference between Argento and Fulci? Because it's always uh, Italian horror movie fans always compare the two. And I, I, no, I, I mean Argento crime thrillers with poor in it, you know, and then the, and then there's a, you know, he, when he, he got Artie and like, uh, Fulci, I think Argento, Argento definitely takes himself very, very, very seriously. And I think Fulci as a, a master of filmmaking has no boundaries. He has no fucking, he doesn't have pretense. He, he 
because if he has pretense, he would not have fun making his his movies. You know, I think I think he I I don't know anything about the guy. I remember I tried. I think I have a documentary about him, but I don't know if I ever watched it. I think I have a documentary that I fucking probably spent six months trying to find and then never watched it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and if I'm not mistaken. There's a, there's a, there's like a, it's, it's just a different style of filmmaking. You know? I, I kind of like, feel like uh, Fulci had fun making his movies, but didn't have fun seeing people react to the way the movies came out. Like he didn't like. The I under, yeah, I understand that. Like, but then Dargento was like, he didn't have fun making the movies, but he had a lot more enjoyment seeing how his movies were, were received. Like, he wanted that critical praise. Whereas Fulci was like, I'm having so much fun making this fucking movie, I'm going to have a tarantula eat this guy's face, and that's going to be fucking great. And then, he, <laughs> and then he was like, you didn't like that tarantula eating that guy's face? Fuck this. You didn't like what? You don't like my zombie nuns? Yeah. You don't, oh, God. <laughs> you don't like an eye, like a slow splinter going into this girl's eye and then popping it out like you didn't like, like fuck these reviewers i had so much fun making this movie argento's like no this is serious this is like you're gonna fall into this glass plane window and you're gonna be impaled and it's gonna be fucking amazing i don't care like just do it and then at the end he took enjoyment of everyone hyping praise on the movie on the way the scene turned out if that makes sense. I, I, like I said, I think I, I think he might take himself a little too seriously because I've seen, you know, Narcissus Argento is a, is a difficult watch, you know? Like Suspiria, uh, Deep Red, uh, Tenembre. Those uh, are kind of... Opera's, opera's good. Opera's um, good. Four flies on Great Velvet, but like the crime thriller shit, like the. But he he does take himself very like he's an auteur, he's an artist, he's like, but he wants the praise once the movie comes out. I don't remember. This is weird. I don't remember anything about Stendhal syndrome. Like I totally forgot. uh, That's um. And that's. 10 movies ago. Like, I, did, I didn't watch The Pit and the Pendulum or whatever that was. He did a... Or, a, a Stendhal Syndrome with his, is with his daughter, Aisha Argento. Asia Argento. And that was a... That was a, 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 that was a good movie. I, I enjoyed that movie. But it was still kind of very much... Uh... A hard watch, if I'm, if I'm going to put it that way. I uh, trying to think of. I've watched. I, I want to to. Man, I think it's. I, I think it's probably like. 
What kind of did I watch the other day? I watched a uh, horror film the other day. Out of the blue. I'm sorry, I can't remember. It wasn't like zombies or anything like that. It was just a, a you know oddball thing I'm, I'm really I'm looking for I really like the direction horror was going with It Follows and with Cabin in the Woods and that just the direction of there was just some a few very really cool uh, what was the one with Tony Collette I like that one um, um, the haunted house that had the lights on the whole time <laughs> Tony Collette I know which one you're talking about and it's like where the girl gets her head decapitated outside and it's like she's yeah I don't remember the name of that movie but I remember seeing that movie and thinking it was very um, it was super creepy it was fucking scary as shit cultish like yeah and uh, but it was crazy because like it was a haunted house movie but the lights were always on that, I didn't notice that until like halfway through the movie I was like I'm scared shitless like the lights are creating shadows and I'm looking for fucking things in the shadows but there are definitely areas where I know there's nothing you know and, but that's the creepiest part so like am I being fooled by what's safe oh it's fucking intense what the conjuring was... no. no what was the scariest I started watching those those were fucking what was the scariest movie that you think that you've watched that scared like actually kind of caused some sort of kind of like Psyche. Oh, Cannibal Holocaust fucked me up. Like, okay. But that's different. That's gore. That's just, that's just, that's a, that's a different type of horror. Even without the gore, like, it's, I mean, yeah, it needs the gore. It needs the violence. It's, it's just a violent film. It's exploitation, violence, horror. Yeah. And it's, but it's made like, it's like a million dollar movie. It almost feels like that movie could be made today. You could make it today, and well, didn't Eli Roth kind of do one? The Green Inferno. He did the Green I, Inferno. I haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen it. Like, it's essentially I, uh, that. It's like kind of like uh, the idea of like the leftist view of like, oh, we got to pres- preserve this. Look how. Um, Look how, uh, like, homelessness, like, like look how, like, uh, exploited this, this population is, but then you purposely put them in exploitive positions to, to serve your narrative. Right. Which is, like, just kind of, like, which both, every, every side of the spectrum does that. It doesn't really matter if you're a leftist or a right. right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, left or right doesn't, like, oh, political yeah. spectrum. But that's just kind of like the the ideology of like, oh, let me kind of exploit this fringe culture, this fringe society. But then it it double bats on you, and then you're the one that ends up getting fucked up by trying to exploit what you're trying to exploit. Which is cannibal holocaust, because they all get eaten. <laughs> yeah, they're exploiting the motherfuckers. That was a fun. Oh, right. that, that was a fun movie. I actually really enjoyed Cannibal Holocaust. I thought it was a fun movie. No, I uh, I just the first time I watched it, I, I I still have the same feeling. I can put my finger on it. I felt gross, but 
remember the second time I watched it. Like I had, I had, I had a cassette of it, then I got a laser disc of it, then I got a, a DVD of it. So each time I would watch like a new version that came out, I would be like, "Man, this movie's so well made! Like it's so good. It's like it's like if they did it today, it would cost a lot of money. Yeah, you know, they would probably have a lot more." you know, sets or whatever like that. But, I mean, it's really good. And, like, I, 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 that the soundtrack's that fucking... It's like that classic kind of, like, a Italian horror synthy soundtrack. It's just, it's, you know, it's like a... It's got, like, a fucking flute or some shit in it, yeah. too. It's, like, good. So I bought I bought Cannibal Holocaust with, at a Fangoria Fest in two thousand two for the first time. Okay. And Which version did you get? The. I think it was just like an original uncut, like when like video nasties, like this movie has been banned in every state in the world. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So it was it was like grainy. It was DVD, but it was obviously a bootleg. That was transferred from VHS to a DVD, and that's the first time I saw it. Oh, crazy! I bought it at some some uh, stand at Fangoria Fest in two thousand two. Fangoria Fest two thousand two was in Anaheim. Yeah, in Anaheim. Yeah. I saw. I saw. Um, uh, Bruce Campbell was there. Kane Hodder was there. Um, the guy, the Liniana Quigley was there. She was everywhere. Even back then. Um, yeah. It was a good time. But anyway, let's not talk about that. Uh, let's close up. I've been talking to you for over an hour. Uh, closing I'm statement. For the DVD I have of Cannibal Holocaust. Because there's different, all kinds of different releases of it. I guess I should look for the laziness because I have a little, I have a laziness going That would be worth money. You should sell that. I got, uh, I kept most of my good horror laser discs. Um, I sold some of them, but, uh, like, the fucking, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street for that, like, that commentary and the, and the photos, and that, that's not there. It doesn't exist. 